Hey guys, we are so excited that you're here. Welcome to the Not Your Quick Fix podcast. I'm Kara Goss, online registered dietitian and health and fitness coach. And I'm Kylie Kaiser, online health and fitness coach, and we're your hosts. This podcast is all about improving yourself physically and mentally. And y'all, neither of those things can be improved with a quick fix. We are here to be real with you about your fitness and fat loss goals, your health, your mindset, and everything in between. If you're ready to open your mind to the process that self-improvement requires, instead of always looking for the next quick fix, then this is your podcast. Let's get started. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to the Not Your Quick Fix podcast, episode 71. It's your girls, Kara and Kylie. And, you know, we were just joking about the fact that there was this one time a few months ago (laughs) because we were talking about the fact that, oh, maybe we'll get to 100 episodes by the end of 2022. And there was this one time, like a few months ago, that we batched two episodes in one day and we we're like, we even posted about it on socials. We were like, look at us, like batching content. It happened one time. <laughs> yeah. We were like, we're going to start doing two episodes a week. So that way we just have them backlogged. And then if we have an off week, we can, it's we're good. Ne- it's never going to happen. <laughs> no, it's like, it's pulling teeth for us to find like this one window. <laughs> so. Literally. But yeah, shit is just too crazy. And like Kylie and I will give ourselves like an hour long window, but then we'll talk for an hour of it and then record the podcast for the next hour of it. So yeah, we we yeah. can't say that we'll actually get to to a hundred by the end of the year. But I mean, we're getting close, like 71 episodes. I cannot believe that crazy. we are 71 and it is crazy. So thank you guys for rocking with us. And for those of you who have just stuck with us through all of the insanity and yeah, through everything. Yeah. I want to make a note on that too. We always do this at the end, but um, just as a reminder, I recently just discovered that they have added a feature to Spotify. So any of you who listen to us on Spotify, you didn't used to be able to rate and review there. You only could follow the show, which we always encourage you to like subscribe and follow us. I just don't know for sure what that does. Um, So now you can leave a rating. So um, if you go to your Spotify page, it will say like, leave a star it'll have like a blank star mark or something it's like right underneath on the show page so if you click that and then it'll it'll reflect what you voted it I don't know if it stays that way um, or if it's just because it's new but it'll just give you your feedback but all you have to do is click the star rating I haven't seen that they do reviews yet but if you're a Spotify listener or if you just have Spotify that still helps us out um even if you don't like I'm a I'm a Spotify stan but I listen to my podcast on Apple so um, if you're like me, you can still go rate our show and we would greatly appreciate that. And as always, leave us a review and five-star rating on Apple. Who are we calling out today? Who are we calling out? I was literally just thinking about it. <laughs> give us a name. Give us a name. I'm going to think of one too. Mm-hmm. If your name is Caitlin. Caitlin. And if your name is, uh, I'm trying to think of a good one. Michaela. Caitlin and Michaela. If you are listening to this episode, please (laughs) go to Apple, go to Spotify, leave us a five-star rating and review. We will see it. We will think of you until the day that we die. We love you. (laughs) I'll shout you out. I'll I'll screenshot that shit. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Thank you to the Caitlin's and Michaela's. Actually, I know I have a previous client who I love to death. Her name is Caitlin. Caitlin. I do too. (laughs) 
Yep. And I know that she listens to this podcast. So Caitlin, my girl, we're talking to you. Okay. Oh, that's so good. I know my sister's name is Caitlin and uh, I have an old client named Caitlin too. So that's why they came it. to my head. Caitlin but, and yeah. Kayla. Well, <laughs> how, uh, how was your weekend, Kara? What's new with you? Or your week, I guess. It was good. Um, honestly, just, it's so funny to me because I was just talking to Sarah Lipton about this the other day. And I just kept saying, I just need to get through October. I just need to get through October. And I listened to a podcast over the weekend that I really needed to hear. And it was just talking about, you know, like all of these really stressful times and the in-between moments and how we're always just trying to get to one from one thing to the other. So I'm really trying not to say, I just need to get through October. Um, because I'm really just trying to focus on the present so much more. I've been honestly having a lot of anxiety lately, a lot of anticipatory anxiety as well. And Mm -hmm. I just really, really am trying to stay as present as possible and just focus on one thing at a time with myself, but lots going on, lots of exciting things going on. Our challenge started, I mean, by the time this is out, it started last Monday. So we'll be in the second week of the challenge. Challengers are already crushing it. We had a great first week call. Um, And yeah, over the weekend, my mom and her husband came up and finally met Kevin's family. That was really fun. Um, That was great. It went really well. Um, It's definitely been a long time coming. And but yeah, it was a pretty chill weekend. I really didn't do much other than that. I did some work. And then this coming weekend is my sister's 30th birthday party. So that'll be super fun. And yeah, just tons going on, but it's all good things. And just trying to stay present in the moment and not stress. But yeah, that's where I'm at. I'm proud of you. Yeah. Cause all the stuff you have going on this month is fun stuff. Like you're one of the only people I know that gets so stressed when you have fun things going on. You always do. (laughs) And I think it's great that you kind of had that realization of like, you're like, you're trying to rush through the end of this month. That's full of fun things. Like normally normally we're rushing through a month to get to the fun things. Like, so yeah, you needed that perspective change. I'm glad. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I think it's just like thinking about more of the work things than anything, but honestly the bulk of a lot of the things that are kind of heavy on my plate and more so like giving me that amount of stress will kind of like be through within the next three, like three, four weeks. Um, but again, you're so right. Like I do have so many things to look forward to next month. So it's like, I don't want to rush through them, you know? So, yeah. yeah. And, and it's like that self-inflicted pressure we always talk about. Like, at the oh, end of the day, like you're, you're your own boss, honey. You're doing I fine. Know. I know <laughs> we're doing great. You're like, you're like the opposite. Like people like rush to Friday to get to their fun. You're like, I got to get through this fun thing this weekend. Cause I have work on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> that is me. You are, you are such an Enneagram one, like to the definition. It kills me. You also want to know who's an Enneagram one. And I can see this so hard is guys. I'm sorry. We talk about these podcasts so much. Jackie um, from the morning tips. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is why I relate to her. It's so interesting. Hard. interesting. Yeah. 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 Super, super. I wonder if she has a nine wing. I don't, well, okay. They only did, it was an old podcast episode that I was listening to and they only did it once. And they were like, I'm never doing that stupid fucking test again. It took forever. So I don't think that they got really deep into it, but for any of my Enneagram ones out there, I, I feel you on a deep, deep level. <laughs> so. It actually does make sense though, because you still have that same like spunk and like fun, like 
yeah out there side of you that she has too it's just like more about how that like internal working of your brain is yeah exactly because no it's funny because um since we're talking about our podcast people shannon and ag are both uh sevens and i'm a six one seven love that yep 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 yep. cool cool How how are you doing how's your week it's good it's good um i am just getting back from spending the weekend with my nieces. So they're Lots of the they pictures. Live, yeah. They live up in North Dakota with my sister, obviously it's her kids. Um, but my mom is in Houston and she has them with her for the next couple of weeks. So I just came down for, I drove uh, two hours over to Houston and stayed at my mom's and we just had a pool day and had some pizza and did lots of Encanto dress up, sing a long time. And, That's amazing. Um, it was, it was cute. So sounds that was like nice to was, see them. Yeah. It sounds like that was much needed for the soul, for the inner child. Yeah. Yeah. It was nice. It was good. Um, I had a good time with them and last week just been getting ready for, um, the new podcast stuff too. So I recorded yeah. last week, we were talking about when we recorded last week that I was about to, um, mm-hmm. so we've recorded episode one, it's all edited. Everything's ready to go. We have a launch date, October 5th. I don't think we had that last time. No, we so, didn't. um, yeah, episode one will be available on all platforms on October 5th. That's a Wednesday. Um, and then I'm going to try to put those out weekly is my goal bi-weekly at the least, but I'm, I'm going to try to do it weekly. So for sure. For sure. Yeah, definitely. Definitely weekly. We, uh, we need that good listening in on, I just love a weekly podcast, honestly, I know, like, but, but I'm also like, it's so overwhelming because I have so many weekly podcasts. It is. Oh, 100% for sure. For sure. And also I think that is, um, I just want to answer a question right up front because we are doing a Q and a episode for y'all today. And oh, yeah. Somebody asked, does Kylie's new podcast mean she's leaving not your quick fix? No. Yes. Oh, Kylie's- no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you bitch. Surprise. On, yes. on air. Surprise. Kara's like, what? <laughs> she's Please not go. going I anywhere. You to see me log out of the Zoom, like right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. No, no, I'm staying. Guys, I can't shut up. You think I'm going to not have two podcasts? What? <laughs> we need Kylie here. Y'all know the dynamic. And yeah, I mean, this is, this is obviously, she's allowed to have more than one, obviously podcast endeavor. And this is just kind of like another branch of who Kylie is. So I'm super excited for y'all to listen because I know it's going to be fire. Yeah. And I think, um, I think it's understandable to wonder because it is a lot yeah, to do multiple sure. things and to have that, but Honestly, it helps. It's, it's such a blessing that Kara is the brain that she is because Kara does our, like transparently Kara does our editing for this podcast, um, and handles a lot of that stuff. So, um, I do like our show note writing and Mm -hmm. Kara takes care of the rest as far as getting it out there. Yeah. So she, she takes care of the rest of the, the hard heavy lifting, um, which I am now doing for my podcast, the audio and stuff for. So, um, that helps me a lot. Cause it would be, it would be overwhelming for me to be for doing sure. all of it. Um, and then I have Caleb, I mean, Caleb did my YouTube edit and everything for me, which is fantastic. So, um, yeah. it's, it's great to have all that help. Um, and I could see if I was doing all of the things I, I may not be able to have taken it on. So, definitely. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely something I can do both of. And honestly, what you said is a great testament to, kind of the direction I'm trying to lean into is that we can be more than one thing. Um, and I'm excited to do that. And I'm excited to have Kara come on mine. I, you know, I, it's going to be hard to wait for that because I I really want my guests in person. I know. Um, just like the last time we did the Q and A, 
Yeah. Wow. I hiccup Q and a, um, that was so fun doing that together. And I know like, this, this is not going to be as fun, but it's, so I know, fun. no, I feel that so, so much. I know it's like, oh, fuck. I might just have to fly down for an episode. <laughs> oh, we will do that. We're going to Shannon AG this shit because I got with the YouTube and everything we've got to. We've got yes. To. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I'm super excited for you, but yes, Kylie is not going anywhere over here. And I didn't even think about it like that. Like, yeah, that is a good balance for you in terms of like you having to do all of that stuff on your end now in terms mm-hmm. of the podcast, it definitely would be really overwhelming yeah, if you were so doing it. I appreciate you. Of course. Of course. Well, you guys, yeah. So we decided to do another Q and a episode. We loved the first Q and a episode that we did with y'all and you guys always ask really, really good questions, especially through the NGL link, um, that anonymous link. So we did get some good ones today, um, that we can definitely, you know, zoom through for you guys. And we're just always really happy to help answer any questions that you have. Um, Today's, I feel like today's are more related toward like health, nutrition, and fitness. I feel like the first episode was more like we had a lot of mix of like our personal life in it as well. Um, But so, yeah, you guys gave us some awesome questions that we are going to run through with y'all. So the very first question that we got was tips to reduce toxins in your house. Um, And somebody said they're very overwhelmed. So it can be overwhelming if you're trying to do it all at once. (laughs) Definitely. That's what I was going to say for sure. Like it can feel extremely overwhelming and living in a toxin free environment or low tox environment can feel one overwhelming and also like a really expensive task. Right. And my biggest thing is because I've done a lot of toxin free swaps in my own household and just with myself in terms of care products and everything like that whenever I was going through my post-birth control journey. And so the first thing that we have to remember is that we are never going to be in a completely toxin-free environment. That's pretty much impossible. But like Kylie said, it's going to feel overwhelming if you are trying to do things all at once. So there are normally a few really basic swaps that I will have clients or people start out with that I think are really, really easy to do. And I know Kylie, like you've made some of these swaps as well. Um, But so normally I'll start out with like looking at our kitchen, looking at like overall products just in like the home and looking at beauty care products as well. So I actually made a post about this a while back, but I'm just going to run through some of the really, really basic swaps that you can make that are going to be really easy for you to do at first and also feel a little bit more doable for you. So the very first one is looking at your kitchen. So swapping out your cookware. Um, So if you are using like a nonstick cookware, Teflon, all of those have um, whole endocrine disruptors and toxins in them that obviously whenever you're cooking with them, it can like leach into our food and everything like that. So swapping that for something like stainless steel is wonderful or even cast iron cookware is great. Um, I personally would love to get a cast iron skillet, but I'm not even going to lie. Like, I don't know how to, um, I mean, I could definitely learn how to, but you have to like season it and and clean it a certain way I don't know it just seems like a lot of work for me so 
I personally went with the stainless steel cookware route. Um, next, swapping out anything plastic. So if you are using plastic utensils or plastic Tupperware, so swapping out your plastic utensils for something like wood or silicone, <clears throat> pretty simple swap, and swapping your plastic Tupperware for glass is also very simple. And you can get a full glass Tupperware set on Amazon, really, really easy, pretty cheap as well. Um, Kylie, I know that you swapped out your Tupperware, right? Yeah, I did that actually right before this move. Um, okay. And I think actually um, I asked it, I asked for it as like my moving gift. And I think my oh, mom cool. got, got it. I think my mom got it at like TJ Maxx and it wasn't super expensive either. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. So that doesn't have to be terribly expensive. And honestly, they clean out so much easier too. They do. And oh they God, like stay yeah. nicer. And um, it ended up just being like, like the lids and everything stay like fastening on them better. Like yeah. It ends up being like just a functionally nice switch also. <laughs> for sure, for sure. And if you think about it too, if you are somebody who's cooking with, like I know people who will pack food in a plastic Tupperware container and then put it in the microwave. Oh yeah, that was it. me all, all the time. That was me all through prep. Right, and that's even worse because whenever we're cooking with plastic or we're heating up plastic, those toxins are leaking into our food. Mm -hmm. Um, so definitely want to switch to something like a glass. That's going to be really helpful. And if you carry a water bottle, that can be a really helpful switch as well. So if you carry a plastic water bottle or jug or whatever, it may be switching to stainless steel is great. I love my iron flask. And also I know that a lot of people love hydro jug, which they only had like plastic water bottles, I think for a while. And I do believe now that they have stainless steel ones. Oh, really? Don't quote me on that, but I, I swear I saw them on their website. Because that's um, the next swap I'm trying to make. I'm still in my plastic hydro jug. Yes, I think a lot of people are. Yeah, Josh, st Josh still uses his big, he had it on our challenge call last night, his big plastic uh, blender, blender jug. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, swapping that is helpful. So those are some kitchen swaps that we can make. Some easy home swaps. So things like cleaning products and candles. Candles are a huge one, right? They include- I love candles. I know, I know. And it is, it really is difficult. And here's the thing is like, we always say, you know, do what feels realistic for you. And again, it's about minimizing that overall load. But here's the thing is like, if you think about it, we already have a huge load on ourselves. So like whatever we can swap out is helpful. So- Things like candles, they do contain artificial fragrances, which um, I believe the statistic is, again, don't quote me on this, but I think it's like up to 75% of artificial fragrances um, do contain endocrine disruptors. And basically endocrine disruptors are exactly what they sound like. They disrupt the endocrine system. They can cause hormonal issues, hormonal imbalances, um, blood sugar issues, inflammation, all of these kind of things. So um, swapping out your candles for something that is like a more non-toxic candle. Um, so looking at things like beeswax, essential oil, coconut, um, wood wick. Um, so Fontana candle company is a great candle company that you can utilize. There are definitely some other ones out there as well. Um, and then also swapping out cleaning products. So again, cleaning products do hold a lot of those endocrine disruptors, artificial fragrances, everything like that. 
I personally swapped all of my cleaning products to um, Branch Basics. And basically they send you like a whole starter kit and it has everything. Like it has, like there's a solution that you pretty much use for everything. And it's a plant and mineral based solution. Um, so again, here's the thing though, with these types of things um, like beauty products, home products, all that kind of stuff, use up what you have. And then whenever yeah. you run out yeah. of it, just buy something new. Like don't go throwing all of your shit out and wasting that money. Like you it's know? not going to do it overnight anyways. Like <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. So that's really huge. Um, and then in terms of beauty care products, just like looking, being really cognizant of the ingredients list. So I personally swapped, like I, I am somebody who has yet to swap my makeup products. I think that that's, it's really, it's definitely really difficult to do. And it's difficult sometimes to find like non-toxic makeup that you really like. Um, but in terms of like my face wash, um, and my moisturizer and everything like that and makeup remover, I did switch that over to, um, honest beauty. And so that's a company that doesn't have like any dyes, fragrances, like phthalates, parabens, all that kind of stuff. But something that you can do is you can look into, um, the never list from beautycounter.com. You just type it in and it will pop up in basically, um, it'll pop up in your browser or whatever it may be. And it'll give you an entire list of products that you should be on the lookout for. If they're in your beauty care products, you might want to swap that out with something else. So that's called the never list from beautycounter.com. And those are just products and ingredients to avoid in your beauty care products. Um, I think it's also like important to note, like on the same token of what you were just saying is like, you're making swaps that are realistic to you. And also like, you're allowed yep. to have your things that are like your negotiables or not. And like, if you're making all these changes, like someone like Kara for you, like, this is very important to you, um, as it should be to all of us. So you've made a lot of these swaps, but like choosing not to swap your makeup, you don't wear makeup every day. No, you, you put I makeup, literally you wear actually makeup. very, you Maybe very like rarely wear makeup. Yeah. So for exactly. you, that's not as high on your priority list. Like to have mm -hmm. that minimal exposure to those toxins to you, to have the makeup you like, that might be your trade-off. Someone, yeah. if you're someone who wears a full face every day, maybe because of your job or you, that you'd like to do that, which is totally fine. Like that might be more important to you because you're applying that daily, just like Kara made that choice with her face wash, et cetera, because that's something you're doing daily. Right. Exactly. So, um, I, you know, I think that was just without you even saying it, I felt like that point kind of is important. Um, cause maybe everyone yeah. doesn't know that maybe everyone doesn't know that your beautiful face I see every day is fresh and natural, but it is. So, um, I think that you can have those things. Like if you're just like, like I know some people that are just like makeup gurus and they're like, listen, that makeup is not going to do it. And like, that's fine. Like, mm -hmm. but if you're someone who's doing that every day, that might be something you want to consider more deeply than, you know, if you just love to do your makeup all up on the weekends, like maybe that's your trade-off and you swap out the cleaning products, the plastics, all of those things. Yep. Yep. I love that you, that you kind of zoomed in on that and, and made that a point because it is really important to, and again, that's something huge so that you don't feel super overwhelmed, you know? Yeah. And like, I don't want to like, I, I feel like sometimes with this stuff, it's like you, people end up like living in fear of everything. 100%. It's, like, it's like, you're not going to like suddenly have like an estrogen and endocrine issue. If you like use this makeup like today, mm -hmm. like it's like, it's, it's going to be over time. And it's like Kara said, it's like that. It's kind of like when we were talking about total aesthetic load with stress, right? It's like the total yeah. load. If you can reduce that load, like there is going to be toxins, like we, the world we live in, you're exposed no matter what you can't just, yeah. you can't shelter yourself from all of it. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's also important, I think too, and you can chime in on this if you disagree, but like 
to acknowledge that like these steps are going to be good to take no matter what. But if you're someone who's like not even addressing the basics or like what you're putting in your body or any of that kind of stuff, this is like not what you should be worried about. Like, don't Mm -hmm. be stressing this if you're not even like addressing like the toxins that you're like eating, consuming, or like the nutrient deficiencies and things like that, that are going to help with your hormones too. Yeah. 100%. Like we do need to get the foundation down first for sure. And it's like, is removing these things going to be a bad thing? No, No, but it's not your, it shouldn't be like your first, like stressor, right? Like it shouldn't be something that you're completely stressing about and that you're putting all of your focus into whenever you're not even focusing on like the, you know, the, uh, nutrition side of things and your lifestyle, sleep, stress, all of that kind of stuff, you know? So yeah, I completely agree with you on that for sure. So, I mean, yeah, those are some pretty simple swaps. And like I said, like there are some other, there are like apps, like the think dirty app, you can scan things like household items, personal care items, different things like that. Um, and it'll like give you a, um, like the list of ingredients and tell you like whether or not they're like not so great or they're a better ingredient or for food. Um, there's an app called trash Panda and it'll like list out the ingredients as well. Yes. Yes. So, um, those are some pretty easy swaps and like another really easy one, but again, can be pricey. It's like filtering your water. Um, that's another really big thing that you can do and know like your, yeah, your, uh, your like kitchen fridge filter is probably not doing shit. You probably need to buy something like a Berkey filter, uh, but those can be pretty expensive you know I am so. the I'm the worst at filtered water I'm I mean just, I grew up I grew up I grew up with well water like I always drink Same. water from the sink so. me too and it's just like that's like the biggest thing in terms of like being involved in this industry that I get like made fun of for the most is that mm-hmm. I just like don't care about my water being filtered and I should I know I know the things but I'm just like I, I was like at this point like <laughs> but no I, I, if filtered water is available I drink it it's just like for I sure yeah. I actually got spoiled because my roommate has a Berkey filter, but he has uh, left for a few months and he took it with him. <laughs> yes. I was so freaking jealous whenever I walked into your apartment and I was like, Oh my God, you have a Berkey. Cause that is on my Christmas. Of course list. it's Ryan's. It's of course it's Ryan's. for sure. <laughs> but awesome. Yeah. Well, um, do you have anything else on that or you want to go to the next one? No, I think, I think that's, that's a pretty brief overview and I think that'll be helpful for people. So yeah. Cool. So our next question, um, I love this question. I think we talked about this when we had Kenny and Sarah Lipton on, but it's been a while. We should bring them back also. Yes. For I also just did um, my live on this question yesterday. Oh, cool. So I was like, oh, perfect. Awesome. Yeah. So it, someone asked, is it true that if you're not sore after working out that you're not working out hard enough? And this is like a very context dependent question, but the short answer is no, that's not true. Like you don't mm-hmm. always have to leave feeling like you are like your muscles are dying and like be not able to walk for days uh, because realistically soreness is just an inflammatory response that's all it is and so this is all about context in terms of like is soreness good or when is it good um and that like if you think about it when you're a beginner when you get to the gym or when you first get back to the gym, like all of us have been, probably been there where you've taken like a couple weeks off or a week off and stuff, you come back and you're like super sore. Like when your programming gets changed up or like any of those things, um, it can cause those, those, like those, those DOMS or like those muscle inflammatory responses. Right. And you can be really sore. Um, mm-hmm. but as you get stronger and as you are like gradually strength training more consistently, or you get more used to that program, 
that level of soreness is going to go down. And a lot of people think that maybe they're not pushing themselves harder at the hard enough at that point, or that something's like they're not working out hard enough. And really what's happening there is your body's just adapting. We talk <laughs> constantly on here about how adaptable your body is, and mm-hmm. that's not a bad thing. Um, you'll continue to gain strength and muscle, even when you're not feeling sore. Um, like we said, I think like the big takeaway is like, it's really just an inflammatory response, particularly from like the loading of that eccentric, um, which is when your range of motion is, um, going with the direction of gravity. So we've, we've talked, I feel like we've talked, maybe have we talked about eccentrics and stuff on here before? Yeah, I Probably. definitely think we have, um, but basically like you don't, you don't need to be chasing soreness. I think sometimes people are like, Oh, you know, that we, we need, like, I think that's where the idea of like doing a hundred air squats a day or like mm-hmm. stuff like that to make you feel like you're really doing something, but it's not really translating you to get translating into you getting stronger, building more right. muscular legs. Whereas like doing a barbell squat is going to like actually have a huge effect on your legs, regardless of if you feel sore or not. Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely agree with that. And I always say, the most effective workout program is not going to leave you always feeling your most sore. And it's always a matter of, okay, you can definitely do something to elicit soreness and quote unquote burning, like going to a hit class or doing all of this, you know, crazy, you know, jump squats, air squats, all these types of things. But was that actually effective toward your goal of like building muscle, losing fat? Probably not. Right. Like that wasn't the most effective route. And we have to focus on progressive overload. And again, like Kylie said, your body's going to adapt. That soreness is simply just an acute inflammatory response. So you're going to feel that soreness when you start a new workout program, when you lift a new weight, whenever your muscles are, you know, contracted to new lengths, but again, your body will adapt to that and you won't always be feeling your most sore. And if you are constantly sore and feeling and achy, are you under recovering? Right. Like that's, that's something that you need to start looking into as well. Yeah. That's where I was going to go next is like, honestly, the most important thing is your ability to recover. Like when it comes to your training. So Mm -hmm. if you're not recovering and you're constantly feeling sore, we also probably need to look at like, if you are, um, training the way we're talking about it and you're not over pushing it and you're always sore, we maybe aren't fueling adequately. We maybe are too stressed or maybe not getting enough sleep. Like usually there's something else going on there because like you said, that's an inflammatory response to be sore. And a lot of those other things also cause inflammation, like stress in general, lack of sleep, like any of those things we could just, it could be a symptom actually of not recovering. And that's yeah, an issue. And for sure. Something else to like touch on too, is that your quality is most important. So I see sometimes people chasing that soreness. So they are like, cutting their potential short actually by constantly like picking a weight that they can like burn out and do like all these tons of reps at and things like that. And it's sloppy and it's just excessive because they're trying to chase that soreness. And if the quality of your reps sucks, then like it's, it doesn't matter how hard you feel like you're going or how sore you are. Like you're not going to properly be building that muscle and you're also going to put yourself at a risk for injury too. Yeah. I think that, I think that that's perfect. And Remember, like if you are under recovering, we need to take more rest days. We need to eat enough calories. You know, maybe we need to deload. Maybe we need to, you know, just even overall, like take some time off from the gym, you know, so just kind of keeping that in mind. But yeah, I think, I think that we covered that perfectly. So yeah. 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 Okay. Number three, our favorite fitness page to follow. Ooh. So the first person who comes to mind for me is Joelle Cavaniero. Okay. Um, 
Love her. I also love Alyssa Olenek. I don't know if I'm saying her last name wrong, but Docless, she used to be Littlest Fitness. Yeah. Now she's yeah, Docless she, okay, Fitness. Yeah. I would okay, say that yeah, those are great. like, yeah, I would say that those are probably two of my two of my favorite peeps to follow. And of course, all of my oh, best the, friends. The squad, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but um, I don't I don't know. I, yeah, I've gotten out of a lot of like the following of like mass pages. Um, mm-hmm. but it also, I think is really context dependent on like what you're talking about following for. So like for you, it makes sense right. that Joelle comes to mind and stuff like that because she's very like hormonal focused and mm-hmm. talks about a lot of those things. So I think there's different amazing resources for different things. Like if you're someone dealing with PCOS, like that PCOS coach we had on fantastic, yeah. right? Like um, things like that. I like as a general, as far as like big ass fitness pages of people that are like well-known and I think put out good information. That's very translates like, or what's the right word I want? Very, um, what is the word I want where you can like mm, tangible? No. maybe where like they put it into simple terms for like any like any audience like you know what you know what i'm saying i know exactly yeah. what you're talking yeah. about and like, i can't think of the word either. yeah like it's like what we told austin where he's like good at taking science and making it like simple yeah whatever for sure, for whatever sure, that sure. word is someone who does that really well i i think is jordan syatt too oh i um, love that yes for so sure, sure. syatt fitness he's funny um sometimes he has stuff that's a little controversial but for the most part he is um preaching the basics really well for like very like he's a good like beginner page i think for like entertainment he's captivating he speaks really clearly and makes really good like simple metaphors um yeah. so i don't really like see a lot of his content anymore so Me either. Like, that, that all could have changed but yeah um, I really liked, I really like his, uh, I really did like his stuff. And I know he does like YouTube and all that as well. So yeah, uh, love those. Yeah, the, the squad, follow the Liptons, Josh, uh, Sarah, Caleb, Caleb's more business oriented now, but yeah, still has yeah. good fitness. Yeah. Yeah. The Liptons. Love I just it. pair them together. Um, Always. and also I'm trying to think, I just had, I had someone else pop into my mind that I really enjoy their stuff. I was, I just reshared them yesterday and now I'm blanking. Mm. If it comes back, I don't know. if know. it comes to me, if it comes yeah. to me, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll reshare, but definitely let us know. But yeah, those are, those are some great pages to follow. Um, next question is what's your opinion on carb cycling? So we it definitely depends. Talk, yeah, it depends. <laughs> it depends, right? We definitely we talked talk, about this before. We have, we have. I think we talked a good bit about carb cycling whenever we had Will Grazione and Gillis Pellegrin yeah. on. Um, I personally am a big fan of carb cycling in many instances. So the basics are is that if somebody is coming to us and they've never tracked macros before and they're just kind of getting into this lifestyle. We are not going to be rough, right? We're not (laughs) going to give them two sets of macros to focus on and to follow. But whenever it comes to more intermediate to advanced clients, I really do enjoy carb cycling. One, I enjoy carb cycling in a fat loss phase. I really like doing like a five, two split where we have like five lower days two higher days just to kind of mitigate those negative adaptations of dieting. And it kind of gives them a mental reprieve and something to look forward to. Um, And I also really enjoy carb cycling whenever we are just focusing on it in terms of a performance standpoint, like maybe putting our higher carb days on our, you know, heavier loading days or heavier workout days, whether it be a leg day, a back day, um, or even just having high carb days on our training days and lower carb days on non-training days. That's personally the split that I follow from my own coach. 
Um, but I think that carb cycling is a wonderful tool. I think that there's a lot of misunderstanding around it in terms of weight loss. I think that a mm-hmm. lot of people, of course, any tool that comes out into the fitness industry, people just have to make it centered toward weight loss. So I think most people are like, well, I'm carb cycling for weight loss. So I know it's going to work. You know what I mean? But there's an entire product that's spitting that I told you about this before I had some clients come to me that are from it. I can't think of the name, but they try to basically make it all like they basically base carb cycling on your body type like the ecto oh all that God, shit. Uh, what no. the hell is the name is of it? V-tread? Told- is it V-tread? Yes, yes, yes. And oh it's like, their God. whole thing is like carb cycling is like the magic answer. And I'm like, so that, that's the thing with all of this stuff. It's tools and it's it can tool. be helpful, but it's not like someone who's carb cycling is not like going to necessarily do better than someone who's not. Like I, no. I like, like Kara just said, I don't carb cycle clients often because I primarily work with brand new people to tracking. So, yeah. um, if you're with me long-term, we probably have gotten into carb, carb cycling, just depending on who you are. Um, I definitely have some clients that are on, like you said, like training versus rest macros and things like that, but I don't do that with beginners. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, it really is just dependent and they get results just fine. Like it's, they're not missing out on something cause I didn't cycle their carbs. So it really just depends. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And again, context is always key here. Mm-hmm. Um, like we said, it's not magic. It's simply just a tool and it absolutely can be a wonderful tool mm-hmm. for dieting, for performance purposes, whatever it may be. Um, but really it's just going to depend on what your goals are and kind of what your, um, level of knowledge is around, like being able to hit these goals, consistency, all of that kind of stuff. So yeah. What is, what number are we on? We're in four. I don't know. I'm losing track. Top, top three things. Okay. Oh, this is a hard question. Top three things you wish you would have done differently in your fitness journey. I really didn't think about this one before coming on here. So I think it's, yeah, this one's honestly, I think pretty easy because it's like kind of the whole reason we're here. Right. So it is, it um, is. Yeah. There are definitely things that come to mind. I'll let you go first. With the, with the disclaimer that at the same time, I'm glad I didn't do these things differently or else I may not have been inspired to be here coaching. Yes. However, my goal is to help all of you who do not need this to lead you to the path of coaching <laughs> to yep. be able to not do these things. So I think the first one is the easiest for me. I wish I would have gotten professional help sooner. Yeah. I wish I would have hired a coach sooner, um, a knowledgeable coach. Um, and again, I did have some trial and error with that. Um, I did hire a few, I think I talked about this in our very first episode ever. If you want, if anyone wants to go way back, mm-hmm. um, I did hire like some like quote unquote online coaches. When I started, I like basically paid a very low price for an eight week meal plan and training plan kind of thing. Um, I wish I would have, and maybe it wasn't even as big, but I wish that I would have had the availability of like the level of one-on-one coaching that it does exist now, if it did exist then. So, um, hiring someone that I had like done research on or seen that they're credible, seeing their clients, um, talk to their Mm -hmm. clients, things like that. Um, I wish I would have just had that guidance to cut that journey short because as Kara and I said, like, I've been, I was chasing the place and knowledge that I'm at now for so long. So, So, um, and I put my body through a lot by just doing all of the fads and all of those things. Um, so I wish I would have done that differently. Um, top three things. The next thing I wish I would have done differently is, man, it's just, it's like, I feel like my first one answers like, it would just solve all those problems, but 
I wish that I would have, we're going to get a little, um, mindset woo-woo here, but I wish I would have understood the importance of like that, what we've talked about a lot recently on here, like the importance of having peace and acceptance with where you're at. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that would have helped me a lot. Um, and I don't, and I'm like easy for me to admit that I probably didn't even get there until the last like year. Um, yeah. And I think that I would have, I wish I could do that differently. I wish I could go back and like share that insight now, um, huge. with myself. Um, and I wish I would have done differently. I would have just not even fucked with any of the fad diets, honestly. Like, yeah. I guess, I guess that like that I, I would have saved money on those things and put them towards the coach circling back full circle to number one. Um, yeah. Like if I had done differently, like I wouldn't have done Advocare. I wouldn't have taken fucking water pills. Like I, I did a lot of dumb shit in my early twenties. Um, and honestly, even like my late teens. So, um, I guess that's like, we could go down so many like deeper rabbit holes, but that's probably my basics. Yeah. Mine are pretty much very, very much so the same. Um, I would have hired a coach much sooner. Um, and also, someone who really, really, really focuses in on functional health. Um, and I think that that can be kind of my second thing. So all the things that Kylie said about having a coach, you know, just to, to be able to like cut the journey of, or the time of my journey in half and to learn so much more, because like whenever I first started working with our first coach, like I gained so much knowledge and genuinely like my entire outlook on how I viewed food change changed. And I wish I would have known that sooner. Um, but number two is I wish I would have gotten off of birth control sooner. I wish I wish I would have started focusing on functional health sooner because I probably would be very much so far removed from the situation that I was in, you know, for the past almost two years now. But again, like it's, again, it's not something that I necessarily regret um, because it's gotten me to the place that I'm at today. So I definitely don't regret that. Um, And number three would definitely have to be a mindset related thing as well. I wish I would have understood actually, truly like, how much food my body really, really needed, um, and understood the process of reverse dieting, um, a little bit more. Again, it's not really something that I would have like done differently. It's just like something that I wish I would have known more about because, um, you know, in 2017 is when I was really going through a really, really difficult time with binge eating. And it was simply because I was constantly restricting myself. And if I would have known that I didn't have to restrict, I do feel like I wouldn't have gone so far into a spiral of binge eating as I did. So, yeah, yeah. I actually want to piggyback on that too. I thought of an addendum or I guess an extra one too, is just focusing on, I wish I would have put more emphasis on my relationship with food prior to my relationship with dieting. Um, because I think that a mistake a lot of people make and the mistake that I transparently have made, we talked about this on here is like by getting into flexible dieting and macros, I thought I was working on my relationship with food and it did help me, but that just is, if you don't handle that correctly, it has the ability to just become another, like a masked version of disordered eating. Um, 
And while I wasn't disordered, no, I was no longer disordered in the sense that I was like under eating, like I was eating enough and fueling my body properly, but I was still very obsessed with numbers. I still couldn't take social breaks. I couldn't, I didn't have true hunger cues. Like all the stuff that I've talked about now, we're just like, when I have the choice to make my own dinner, like John and I were having this conversation the other day, um, where we were talking about what he was like, I want to get you back into like a bodybuilder style routine. And I like kind of had a panic attack about it and like admitted to him when we were having like a friendship talk. And I was like, you said that. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to eat that. I was like, I'm doing good. Like I was like the other day I wasn't tracking and like my dinner, I still just made like beef and chickpeas and like, whatever, like that's just my choices now. And he was like, I like, I like, I like, it's like, this is, he's like, that's what I meant. He's like that. He's like, to me, that that is like bodybuilder mind. He's like, I'm not talking about with like the perfection and the tracking. He's like, I'm talking about in terms of like how you nourish your body. And I was like, Oh yeah. So like getting there to where it was like, even if I'm not tracked, like it used to, it took me a long time to be like, Oh, if I'm not tracking this, I need to make it worthwhile. It needs to be something where instead of just like whatever I want. And so if I would have focused on how important it was for me to get a grasp on that first, I think my relationship and adventure with tracking and macros would have been smoother because I did a great job with it but then once it was like off the hinges it was off the hinges right and yes um, Macy Boyd actually just did a whole story on this yesterday and I thought that was really good she was kind of talking about those like the place that she that most people should start is like these different relationships with like social life and food and like all this stuff I don't know if you saw her story it was really good um but she was kind of talking about it and she was like I know a lot of people probably like roll their eyes when I'm saying like start with your relationships with all of these things as like your um building block, but you know, this is the most important. I reshared it in my story. Um, and that, that really comes to mind is that I would actually maybe put that above like the fad diet stuff. Honestly, Same, same, the relationship with food and relationship with self as well, because again, like I didn't realize that, Oh, just because I lost 20 pounds, like I still have to find acceptance and love for myself at every stage, losing the 20 pounds didn't let me love myself. It didn't allow me to accept myself. That work has to be done internally. So I would definitely put that before anything else for sure. Yeah. We've talked about that so much. Like, of course, like, was there like a boost of confidence and things like for me while I was competing, competing? Yeah. But I also was still spending, I mean, we just talked about this. I would still have pictures that I know I looked at and I was like, Oh, I don't know if I should post that or not. And I'm like super fucking lean. Like, and so like those things like don't go away. You just hold yourself to a different standard once you're there. So it's really important to find that. So yeah, I would, whenever we talked about having that mindset of acceptance, I would kind of just, I guess I would addend addendum or adjust that one to be yes. rather than the acceptance of self to just be those relationships with yourself, with all those aspects, yourself, food, exercise, um, all those things, like not feeling guilty for not exercising, not punishing yourself with those things, like grouping yep. that all into one, um, I think is really important. I completely agree. Completely agree. Great questions. Great questions. Okay. Who has the stronger leg press? Honestly, I have not been like pressing that much lately um I just started again yeah um, so I don't know I guess it could like like what's your PR I don't even I think I like want to say I've done a few reps with four plates per side but my PR was my PR was 320 I believe I don't see I don't ever know the amount that's what I'm saying and it's like hard because the machines are different weights too so I I know I know one of the highest like things that I was doing consistently was like on most gyms being able to have three plates on each side and getting like at least six like I know the height of like my strength of like prep and stuff like that and when I or like off season when I was like training for prep stuff I know that was like 
pretty okay, high. Okay, so that's like two, three plates on each side. If they're 45 pounds, it's like 270 plus the weight of the machine. Plus the weight of the machine. So yeah, yeah. And like I said, I, I know I've done, I know I've had four on each side at one point, but I don't know like how many reps I got. Yeah, yeah, it's not yeah, like yeah. a frequent thing yeah so. I only single leg press now I haven't done like uh, a double leg press in forever only single leg has been in my routine for the past like eight months so couldn't really tell you but I can tell you yeah. what my PR is but <laughs> I just I just started like pressing again um this week because my leg I'm having some like hip flexor issues and just like possibly piriformis I don't know I've got some weird lower body stuff going on right now mm-hmm. um and so yesterday is the first leg day I've done in like two weeks and I did everything um at like 75 percent weight and normally I've been hack squatting um but that was causing like way too much hip issue for me right now um so I did the leg press instead I kind of swapped it for myself um to ask John about it um so yesterday is the first day and I did like a one plate per side high rep just because I kept yeah, yeah, everything yeah. low so I don't know we'll see if I build that back up or how my how my yeah. legs are doing I need we'll- to do that mobility work coach Chels would not be happy with <laughs> yes we'll keep y'all posted on the leg press PRs <laughs> we will now it's gonna be like a weekly update <laughs> right <laughs> okay our next question is just came off of hormonal birth control and I've gotten two periods so far both super painful and terrible cramps. Is this expected? Um, so first thing we want to say is that, is it common? Yes. Is it normal? No. Right. Like our normal periods to be, or our normal periods, yeah. Our painful periods to be expected and to be super normalized. No. Um, it's so funny because <laughs> I just did my whole live on this last week. So it's just funny. You did the soreness one. Like all these questions are just like, I, I love it, dude. I love it so much. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of like the painful periods, so obviously with you coming off of hormonal birth control, we're definitely going to need a little bit more context on kind of what's been going on. What have you done to support your body? Have we gotten any lab work, functional testing done, anything like that? Um, There probably is some sort of underlying hormonal issue going on here. If we are having like really painful, crampy periods, if they're heavy, all of those types of things, usually we're looking at something like estrogen dominance there. So either clinically high estrogen or just really low progesterone. Um, So again, is it to be expected? Um, Sometimes yes, because we know that, you know, if you went on hormonal birth control, having already had these period issues, if you went on hormonal birth control and you had really bad cramps, really bad periods, all that kind of stuff. And you went on hormonal birth control to quote unquote, fix these issues. We know that when you come off, these symptoms will often arise with post birth control syndrome because birth control did not actually address the root cause of the issue, which is an underlying hormonal imbalance. And there's also probably something factoring into that, whether it be diet, lifestyle, environmental inflammation, whatever it may be. So my advice to you would be to, um, you know, give yourself, I would probably give yourself like another month or two, go ahead and get some lab work done. We always talk about the comprehensive weight loss panel all on here. Um, it's going to show you, you know, estrogen, progesterone, sex hormones, all that good stuff. Get it done on day 21 of your cycle. If you are having a regular cycle, which it sounds like, I mean, you've gotten two periods so far, but again, can be wonky. We can see, you know, six to eight months post birth control. Sometimes we see those periods go missing. Sometimes we start to see irregularities pop up. So I would definitely say testing and also make sure that you are 
supporting your body um, properly around this time, really managing PMS symptoms, um, focusing on nutrient dense foods, a lot of reducing inflammatory foods, reducing, yes, reducing inflammatory foods, like, um, you know, really focusing on like B vitamins, zinc, um, what'd you say? Um, I was just saying like dairy, like examples of foods, um, magnesium can be good here too. Magnesium. Yep. For sure. For sure. So really focusing on like those nutrient dense foods, reducing the inflammatory foods, reducing alcohol consumption is going to be really Mm -hmm. big. Um, and of course, like the basics, managing stress and sleep are going to be huge here. Um, and just overall making sure that like, you know, maybe if you are feeling really, really shitty, like we know that exercise can actually help with like cramps and pain and everything like that. But of course, if we're feeling really shitty, maybe you want to take a few extra days off of the gym. Maybe you want to add in some gentle movement, um, rather than like going ham on like day or whatever it may be, but that's where I would start again, like context. We always need a little bit more context, but yeah. yeah. Do you have anything else to add there, Kai? No, I think that's good. Cool, cool. Who? What is our next one? Um, um, always crave sugar, and when I eat it, I feel like I can't stop. Is this hormonal? Is this hormonal? Okay, so I actually had a common, or not common, um, a similar question to this last week. Somebody asked about like sugar and not wanting savory things. So. And my answer to this is going to be pretty similar. So first thing, (laughs) it depends. And first thing we have to think about is I think a lot of times, especially today with the way that our industry is moving, functional health, hormonal issues, follow people like us. (laughs) Yes. Like people will convince themselves that any little thing that might feel off about their, um, about their body, they convince themselves that it's a hormonal issue, but listen, if you crave sugar, like if you just prefer sugar, that might just be your taste preference, right? Like personally, I prefer sugar, sugary over savory any day. Um, that's just me. Right. But if you are having like really bad sugar cravings, like, like things that are feeling out of hand, like Kylie said, it depends. Definitely could be a few things that we want to take a look at are what is, what our blood sugar levels like? Are we pairing our meals? Well, so first thing, are we pairing our meals? Well, are we eating enough calories? Because if we're not eating enough calories, if we're eating imbalanced meals, so if we're eating a lot of carbohydrates without enough protein, fat, and fiber, we might be having blood sugar swings and crashes, which could be causing you to have those sugar cravings to be a little bit more hangry. Um, so definitely want to focus on that. The other side of things is like a lot of times we will see things like sugar and salt cravings whenever we're dealing with low adrenal function or low cortisol, but just because you're craving sugar doesn't necessarily mean mean your cortisol is low, right? We have to look at, are we experiencing other symptoms of low cortisol? You know, are we, are we waking up super tired even after a good night's sleep? Are we having insomnia? Are we having fatigue? Um, Are we having like achy joints, different things like that? if we're experiencing other symptoms of this low adrenal function in combination with the sugar cravings, that could be a sign that, yeah, maybe we have some adrenal issues. Um, but I always address those things first. You know what I mean? Address calorie intake, address meal, meal timing, pairing your meals. Um, and again, look at the whole picture because like just the one thing, isn't necessarily going to say like, yeah, this is a hormonal issue. 
And I think it's just easy, it's especially whenever you're deep into this space and like you're trying to figure out. Oh, uh, we're guilty of that. Yeah, like, yeah, you look at one thing and you're like, oh my God. I, I got like a skin tag and I was like, I have too much estrogen. Something yeah, <laughs> you're like, no, you're like, I have insulin resistance. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that's what it was, insulin resistance. I was like, wait, <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, so, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, um, it's definitely really easy to convince yourself that something's wrong. And again, something might be, but also something might not be. And that might just be your taste preference. Yeah. So. Um, two things to add to that. Um, one is, is it, you can probably correct me on this. Is it when you are having sugar craving or is it just specifically chocolate that that could be magnesium deficiency as well? So usually I think it's more so chocolate. Um, specifically. But... I honestly can't say for sure. I really can't. I don't know. I know Bryden talks about that a lot. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and again, yeah, yeah, magnesium is is super, super helpful. And I mean, it plays so many roles in the body. So. That's why like dark chocolate has magnesium and it yes, can be it helpful does. to satisfy yeah. that craving for you, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, but, but then I also just wanted to add on too, there could be another level of this that's unrelated to hormones that um, takes us back to the conversation we were having a little bit ago. Um, examine your relationship with food too. Like the idea of like, when I eat it, I feel like I can't stop. That could potentially be binge behavior also. Exactly. Um, so also looking at mentally overall, like where you're at with food, like, is it that sugar is just your, your binge food, your binge trigger food or not? Um, and in that case, um, you know, really kind of see, is this happening when this is happening to you? Is it in like an emotional setting? Is it an emotional response to something? Or is it like just throughout your day, this is happening. And if you're finding it's like, while you're high stress or while you're in like a certain emotional, um, state or anything like that, that might be good to like evaluate that and reach out to an ED RD or, um, counselor or something like that. Cause that could be another side of this. That's not even hormonally related. Yep. Yep. I'm so glad that you said that because yeah, that feeling of like not being able to stop and not having control over your body when you're eating a specific food that normally is being driven by some sort of like disordered eating pattern or some sort of emotional state, whatever it may be. So yeah. 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 Just the craving part wouldn't have necessarily made me go there, but the, whoever sent this in the fact that you added that tad bit of the tid about, wow. Tidbit about not being able to feel like you can stop. Um, yeah. That's just something I would, I would look into for yourself. Too. Yes. Love that. I love this next question. Um, how do y'all stay so close while living so far away? You can really feel y'all's chemistry and see that you're true friends, which we are. Aww. That's cute. We are true friends. I love that. We I mean, do. We get, we get the chemistry comment a lot, which is really cute. Like, Kara's I know. I fucking love it. We really Uh, are, dude. But I mean, we like, like any friendship is it's any relationship is effort. Yes. I wasn't going to, I didn't, I was trying to find the word because I didn't want to say work, but it is effort. I mean, like Kylie and I text pretty much every single day. Right. Yeah. It's also helpful that like, we do have like the podcast weekly, like we have kind of like a catch up session where we're talking about things and we put in that effort to plan trips to see each other, like at least a few times a year, you know? And if we can't, then whether it's like a call or a FaceTime or whatever it may be. And I think that it's also really important. Like we just know, and again, this comes with, you know, years of friendship. Like we just know each other so well. And we also know like each other's like boundaries and like 
what we kind of need from the other person, which again, I think comes with just really knowing your person and three years of friendship, you know? Yeah, I agree with that. And I think it does. I was going to say earlier when we were talking about how we always get on here for like our hours, like, you know, and how we boof around on here before we bullshit. Yep, yep, yep. Um, that I think that that has helped us. But before we had the podcast, Kara and I regularly we would just have like FaceTime. We would do Zoom dates. We did like Zoom this. calls. Yeah, yes. we, did Zoom, we did Zooms while we were working and we did sessions like that. Like we would get on to like help each other work, but then, you know, an hour of that would be us just fucking around too. Yeah. So um, <laughs> we we've always, we've, we've always kind of, we did sometimes. They were really helpful we sometimes. Yeah. Um, we used to do that. Yeah. Oh my God. That just like unlocked such a memory. I know. I forgot about my, that. My old office, we would just sit on like- It was during COVID. Like, for like six hours, six hours. Like, like, we would literally sit like on Zoom for silently in the background. Like sometimes I would forget you're there. Like I would like go eat. And, like, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. we've we've always just put in like kind of that effort. But I will say, yeah, now like having these common common interests, of course, like with our work and things like that, and like having this podcast. The podcast just is nice because it kind of gives us that set time where it's like if we have really busy weeks and stuff, it's like, okay, we always know that there's going to be like a little bit of time to kind of catch up at least during this weekly uh, accountability, but you can set that same kind of thing with a friend, you know, you can have a time that works for you both. Like, Hey, every Tuesday at six, let's hop on a call for 30 minutes or like every other Tuesday. Like you can do those kind of things without something like this because Kara and I's friendship, I mean, 80% of the time, we're not talking about anything related to coaching or stuff. So um, it's not so focused around that, but having that in common just makes it, it like schedules it out for us. So. Yep. It's so true. It's so true. And just like, yeah, like Kylie said, like friendship is an effort. You do have to put in that effort. You know what I mean? Whether it's even with friends that you live close to, you know, oh, yeah. honestly, it can be a lot easier to live close to people and see them less. Like that is a really common thing because you're honestly, like, oh, they're close. So I have I'm, to I'm- <laughs> I'm closer to you than some of my friends that are in proximity. Like that's always been true. So I, I do agree with that. And like, I mean, I've even said that about my best friend in Nashville, like we actually, we would hang out more obviously then, but we talk more now that I don't live there because we, you do have to put in that effort to like be texting, to be communicating. Cause you're not there. Yeah. Um, so it really, it really just depends, but yeah, all, all relationships are an effort. I think we always just keep that like, as like this romantic idea, but it's really any kind of connection that you want to keep in your life requires the same type of effort, the same type of acknowledgement of boundaries Like Kara mentioned, the same type of understanding, like what they need, what's going to help them feel good or what's going to, you know, support them in the best way. Um, and I, I really love that you guys can like sense that through the podcast or yeah. through socials, um, that we're not like, it. just like faking it for for the, for the pod or the world. Um, Trust but, me, we ain't it. <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's lots of, I think like it's, it's cool to ask that question in the context of like, I know some people who might have long distance friendships and stuff, like it might not be as easy with like their work schedules and things to be able to visit each other frequently and stuff like that. And we are blessed in that regard. Um, but there is often like six or eight month stretches. Like we go through phases of like, we see each other a lot in a row and then we don't see each other for like half yeah. a year, which yep, I yep, hate. Yep. Um, I but um, when we do that, it doesn't like, it feels like a long time, but it also doesn't because we do these yeah. regular things. And we live in a era that technology has really blessed us with that ability to like see and talk frequently. So um, sure. take advantage of that and set dates, set appointments. I have a lot of friends that are like busy working gals and we literally schedule out our friend time. So yep. it's huge, 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 huge. We're big planners. You y'all know that. So yeah, love it. Okay. Two more questions. 
So next to last is how long does someone usually need to reverse before they can diet? It depends. We, yeah, it depends. Um, honestly, that really should just be the end of that answer because we, yeah. we have a whole episode on reverse dieting. Um, and sure. it's, it's older, but it's always a golden nugget. I have it linked in my materials for my clients, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but like this answer is there could be so many long-winded ways to do this, but it's honestly like the biggest thing is it's dependent on so many different factors. It's dependent on how low your current calories are. It's dependent on how long they've been like that. How long have you been under fueling? What do you have going on hormonally? Is that why we're reversing? Like there's a lot of factors. So there really is not an answer here. Like I could tell you, like most people are going to need at least three months, six months. Like I could tell you that, but it's, there's, it's, it really, there is really no answer. (laughs) Yeah. Like I will say, yes, it's, it's definitely really, really dependent on like how long they have been dieting, how, how low they're consistent. You are (laughs) right. Exactly. The more consistent we are with reversing, the less that you fight it, uh, go Mm -hmm. listen to our, go listen to our episode with Austin two episodes ago, the less that you fight it, the easier it's going to be. And the less time it's going to take. And it's already kind of a long process. Like normal like most people like you said will need at least three to six months but like we've had people reverse diet with us for eight months to a year you know like and so it really is just going to depend on those factors you know how low are calories what is the new maintenance like new optimal maintenance point that we really are trying to get to how consistent are you um and yeah like just how also like how quickly do we need to do things like if you're coming to us from a place of like in a really bad place where it's like, you're not eating enough. So like you lost your menstrual cycle, you have tons of hormonal issues. Like you're really freaking Mm -hmm. stressed out. Maybe we need to reverse diet a little bit more quickly than somebody who was just kind of like eating a bit less than they need to. And they just need to get calories up, you know? So it's really going to be dependent on all of those factors, but here's the thing with reverse dieting. This is funny because we just talked about this on our challenge call last night is like we kind of said last week too, it's like, are you willing to put in that work up front to make your life easier on the long, on the long end? You know what I mean? In the long term. So, you know, if it takes three, six months, eight months, whatever it may be with reverse dieting, again, like I understand the notion of wanting to know how long this is going to take. But if the first question that you're asking your coach, whenever you hire them is how long do I have to reverse diet for? How long is this going to take? you're going to be unsuccessful right off the bat because you are constantly going to be impatient. You're going to be second guessing things, getting in your own way. And you're again, not accepting of the point that you're at in your journey. So just remember that whenever it comes to reversing, because it is a mentally difficult process for people who have never been through it. So. Yeah, I agree. And I think too, like, it's important to note when you're saying like, when you have to reverse certain people faster because of maybe where they're at, we're talking in terms of like the aggression of which we're bringing up your food. Not that like by doing that means like they get to the place where they cut faster. Cause when we get that, if if they were in that bad a position, when we bring them up there, they're going to stay there a while. We're staying there a long time. So like, so I like would like to bleed like maintenance into this as the same application as well, because like, I don't want it to be like twisted in that. Like, Oh, if you're in a worse place, we reverse you up fast. And then like, you're good. Cause like otherwise, you know, there's a reason because a lot of times those people too, you have to understand a not always, but 
often when you reverse faster, like add bigger crap calories in, we have less control over how gradually or what your body comp may do as a response. And we're just yeah. taking this measure as something that's necessary for health purposes. Um, so before you kind of were like, Oh, I want to rush this process. Understand that like we can reverse diet anyone up faster if you want, but you have to be willing to accept the changes. So a lot of times too, we draw out the process to keep you in a mentally good place and in comfortable place with your body. Yes. I love that so much. Yeah. I think that covered it. And our very last one, this one came in actually right before we hopped on here is does breastfeeding really burn a lot of calories or is this a myth? So this is not a myth. Um, breastfeeding is an energetically taxing thing on your body. You have to think about the fact that you are literally supplying life to another human being. Um, your body rapidly uses glucose to make breast milk. So no, this is not a myth. Um, usually, again, this is going to be dependent on like the mom, her body composition, lifestyle, activity, all that kind of stuff. But normally we're looking at anywhere from like 400 to 500 extra calories burned a day um, whenever we're breastfeeding. You know, it might be a little bit less, it might be a little bit more, but moral of the story is when you're breastfeeding, make sure that you're eating enough, make sure that you're drinking enough fluids, make sure you're eating enough carbohydrates. Um, yeah, super, super important for sure. So yeah, this is also why it's so important after you have um, given birth to not be trying to diet immediately yes. if you're breastfeeding. Yeah. Um, and this is honestly another like indicator too, if we're talking about like um, postpartum behaviors and postpartum nutrition, like a lot of times you're not getting a cycle back for a long time while you're breastfeeding and everything. Mm -hmm. And it's like really easy to kind of correlate that in your brain. Like how much have we talked about? Like if we're not having a cycle, we shouldn't be cutting. So like, it's like another way to yep. just kind of remember, even though it, it is normal to not have a cycle while you're breastfeeding, that's mm -hmm. like, there's a, there's a very clear reason for it is what mm -hmm. I mean by that. Um, that's still the same rule kind of applies. So you can kind of think about that to yourself. Like, okay. Yeah. For sure. And even if you're not breastfeeding, you still should not be trying to jump back into a diet immediately after Correct. having a child, like allow Correct. your body to settle down, feel your body. Like you're going to be tired. You're going to be stressed out. Probably you're going to be, it's, it's one of the most amazing and exhausting times of your life. So mm -hmm. don't do not like put that extra stress on yourself through dieting. Um, your body does need to recover. I think that in today's world, we put so much of a pressure on moms to get back to normal. And it is insane because, so I actually was just reading more and learning more about this through um, a book that I was reading for continuing end credits called Real Food for Pregnancy. And she pulled in like a ton of other um, cultures and what they do postpartum, like what the mothers do and everything. And it's so insane. Like Literally the mother is just left to lay and rest and be with yeah. her baby and feed herself. And that's it. And she does not work for forever. When maternal leave in America is like six weeks in your back. Are you fucking kidding me? It's crazy. Yeah. It's so just like, remember that, like you honestly give yourself at least six months postpartum before you even try to start losing weight again. Like yes. allow your body to do what it's going to do. It, it's smart. It knows what to do don't feel the societal pressure of, oh, you're going to bounce back or, oh my God, she didn't even look like she had a kid, you know, that don't put that pressure on yourself. So, I mean, yeah. neither of us are moms, but like we work with moms. We yeah. know what it looks like. We have friends, best friends who are moms. 
our moms, our moms, like we get, we get it, you know? So we get it. Yeah. But. Yeah. I understand that like some people, everyone's body just responds differently. Someone who bounces back, it's not because they maybe jumped into a diet and you didn't. It's just yeah. everyone's body responds differently. For sure. Yep. So well, that was all of our questions. So we just want to thank you all so much for sending these in. Honestly, I love doing these episodes. I think that they're really helpful. Um, and we do have a special guest lined up for you here. I don't think it's next week, but the week after. Next week after. Um, so yeah. So anything else that you want to add, Kylie, or anything? I don't think so. I think that we are we are rocking and rolling. So Cool, cool. Yeah, I got a, I got a lot of stuff to do today. So we are going to leave y'all with the Michaela's and the Caitlin's. Please leave us a five-star rating and review. If even if your and name everybody is else, not, <laughs> yes, even if your name is not, we appreciate it so, so much. And if you love this episode, go ahead and tag us, share this on your stories, tag myself, Kylie, and the not your quick fix podcast. And don't forget to leave us a rating on Spotify now that you can. Um, and we'll chat with you all next time. Have a great rest of your week and we'll see you soon. Bye guys.